Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. To Mr. Moe's statement on this program nationally over the last week has been considerable and the response today when we talked about it is still ongoing and the majority of people are siding with Scott Moe. It is time for a Beauties and the Beast segment with Catherine Swift at Working Canadians, former president and CEO of the Canadian Federation for Independent Business or of Independent, was it for or of? Of. Of. Thank, thank you. <laughs> grammar, grammar has never been one of my great strengths. Um, Linda Leatherdale, <laughs> Vice President, thinking, what did he just say? Uh, Linda Leatherdale, Vice President of Cambria, Canada, one of this country's best known and respected financial writers. How are you, Linda? I'm great, Roy. Thanks for those kind words. Well, it's true. It's tr- it's true. I'm going to come to you for advice. <laughs> Michelle Simpson, former Liberal Member of Parliament, who had the distinct pleasure of sitting beside Mr. Trudeau for years. How'd that go? As you may expect, as one could expect. How are you, Michelle? I'm just fine, Roy. It's great to have you here. Uh, this is not on our, what we do when, I want to let everybody know, what we do before we air these segments, we just send each other a couple of emails, and we have a rough outline of what we're going to talk about, but nobody's ever holding anybody to that outline. It's just, it's there for, to give us something to work from. May I just get your thoughts first about COP26, and we've talked a lot about energy, energy crisis, the situation that they're dealing with in Europe. On the, we talked about it a lot yesterday on this program. We talked about it last weekend with the guest from England and uh, with our good friend Dan McTagg, and Bjorn Lomborg was on the, get, on the program yesterday. So what is your sense, uh, Catherine, let me start with you. What's your sense of what's come out of COP? Well, we have the, um, the, there's been 26 of these, hence the name COP26, and it's the highest emitting get-together of all of the governments, and Canada had the biggest delegation by far, little old Canada had the largest delegation, therefore the highest emitting uh, delegation, the highest polluting delegation. So uh, despite the fact that none of the goals that have been set by any of these uh, climate conferences to date have ever been achieved and likely ever will be achieved, um, we, we do have a record of sorts, which is that Canada was a very high polluter, uh, the highest polluter during this, and that we basically have politicians that are total hypocrites. So uh, despite all of the, and, and at one point I understand they had some power issues and they had to fire up some coal fired <laughs> some coal fired facilities so that they could have electricity i mean really how can people ever believe these total lying hypocrites what they should have done is said here's some candles off you go <laughs> Or so, do with, do without your phones and computers <laughs> and everything else bjorn lomborg said and he subscribes to agw anthropogenic global warming he says the way to go 
is not to spend trillions upon trillions and trillions of dollars to achieve essentially nothing. But it is wise to do proper R&D research and development of renewable energy projects and do it properly and do it with forethought and at the same time spend the requisite money to bring the poor out of poverty, feed those who need food, and do it in a in tandem. I'm paraphrasing Dr. Lomborg, but he's very kind and comes on this program on a regular basis. Linda, what's what's your take of coming out of COP26? Well, what a wise thing he just said. And you know, Catherine's so right. 26 and where are we at? And come on, guys. Um, there's greener, but then there's ways of doing it better. And she just said it. They had to fire up some coal. Well, we can make coal cleaner. There's so many other options out there. And then when I look at the average little consumer today, inflation is going through the roof. And one of the driving forces is the price of gasoline. And we all have to heat our homes this winter. You know, we have cut off our nose to spite our face. We are not doing it right. And so I agree with Catherine. They're hypocrites. But there's got to be a better way. And let's just not forget how important we are we are oil rich in this country. We should be doing it better. Well, we talked um, about we talked about uh, last weekend and a bit earlier today that England is looking to Qatar signed an agreement I think with Qatar now that they will be the source of last resource for natural gas for for the UK for for England. Well, uh, wouldn't Canada be an appropriate place to do that? Weren't we just a few years ago, Michelle? deemed to be um, an energy exporter to the world. We we do know that according to the, and I keep saying this, but it's true, the International Energy Agency says that even if we do, if we fulfill all the objectives, stated and written objectives to, 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 to tackle climate change, in 2060, we'll still be using 100 million barrels a day oil globally. Aren't we, shouldn't we be the nation of source and resource? Absolutely, Roy, but as far as I was concerned, COP26 was nothing more than a global dog and pony show uh, to make everybody try to feel good like they're doing something. But the reality is, in Canada, we've been sliding backwards. And I think a part of this is, and to Mr. Scott Moe's point, there's been zero consultation with the provinces who absolutely oversee the natural resources. And maybe we should start consulting instead of having these arbitrary um, uh, dictatorial sessions by the prime minister who really doesn't mean it. Well, you said to us, it was either the last weekend or the weekend before, you were on with uh, your former caucus colleague, Dan McTagg, and I asked you whether in your experience with Mr. Trudeau, whether he'd actually ever really shown an intense interest in climate issues, and you said what? The only issue that the Prime Minister's ever shown any interest in, in my experience, has been himself. <laughs> well, well. And, you know, the pronouncements that he made about capping emissions in the oil and gas sector in Canada, which is hugely devastating. And I heard your interview with Scott Moe, and I, I have a lot of respect for Scott Moe. I think he's doing a great job. But, uh, you know, he's devastating a big chunk of the country. And by the way, 
in elsewhere in Canada, don't think you're not going to be affected by this. But that pronouncement that Trudeau made had zero planning involved. Zero. He made that big sweeping announcement when people said, what do you mean? How are you going to accomplish that? Not a clue. And Guibo, our great new environment minister, was exactly the same. So they're making these ridiculous sweeping announcements with zero uh, study, zero analysis, uh, no as detail. to how they're going to be achieved, which, mind you, is kind of normal for this liberal government, sadly. But I wonder when Canadians are going to get sick of a government that just looks to hurt Canadians to get some kind of international acclaim. So here's what we're and we have to take a break here. But when we come back, we'll talk about something else. But one thing, your party, Catherine, the conservative party, <laughs> Don't call it my party, your party, <laughs> your party. <laughs> Because you have a card that says it's your party. It's your party, and you'll cry if you want to. I will. Your, your party is so skilled at self-destruction, they are the, they're the prototypical uh, re- political reality for a new television version of Mission Impossible. It's going to self-destruct in five seconds. Whoa. <laughs> I can't disagree, Roy. I know. I know you can't. That's why I said it. It's the first time I've heard you speechless. <laughs> There's something I need to do, I want to do right now, because I don't want to run out of time to do this. Thursday was Remembrance Day. And uh, I received, and thank you, Michelle, I received from you a video, of a, a slideshow, of a particular and special uh, dedication that you and your husband, George, um, arranged. And it had to do with 21-year-old Demetrios de Plaros, who was a Canadian soldier in Afghanistan, who was killed in Afghanistan. And at the time of his death, Michelle had been in disfavor with the leadership of the Liberal Party because Michelle would not stop posting her expenses online, her MP expenses. The party didn't want her to do that. Offered her a bribe in the form of a big office. She said no. So they took away her rights, among other things, to speak in Parliament. And Michelle, you were not allowed to acknowledge in Parliament the death of your 21-year-old constituent and member of the Canadian Armed Forces, were you? Well, that's right. Um, It was actually uh, the... uh, Demetrius's father approached our office, and he had wanted specifically a tree planted at his son's public school, where he remembered him as he was an excellent student and he was his happiest, and he wanted something in the community uh, to memorialize his son. So uh, it wasn't just my husband and myself. Uh, we actually uh, funded it, but my whole office got behind it, and it was an incredible show of support. And um, the family, I believe, really appreciated it because it was personalized to where he lived and where he was happy. So I can add to this, because I had a conversation with Mr. Jerry Duplaris, Demetrius's dad. We talked this morning. And he wants you to know how thankful he is and how much he appreciates what you and your husband and your office did for his son. It would be too emotional for him to come on the air and talk. He told me that. 
but he wanted me to share with you that he how much he appreciates what you and George and your office did for him and his family. He feels he's been treated with great respect, great respect by you, your office, your husband, also by the police, and been treated with great respect by members of the military who served with his son. But he specifically wants you to know how much he appreciates what you and your husband did 13 years after his son's death. I wanted to share that with you. Good on you, Michelle. Yeah, yeah. good on you. Good on For you. For sure. I don't cry easily, but you're making me cry. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. You, you don't last as a liberal without having the ability not to cry. You weren't allowed to acknowledge his no. death in Parliament. They wouldn't let you do that. I wanted That's... to give a member statement. Yeah. So I wanted you to know that I had an opportunity to speak with uh, oh. Demetrius's dad, and he wants you to know that. Thank you, Roy. I really appreciate that. Well, thank you. So we have two and a half minutes left. I, won't, I, have, I had to make sure that we have the time to talk about this. Uh, we have two and a half minutes left. Let's go back to the issues we were talking about, and let's pick on Catherine's gang, the Conservative Party in Canada. <laughs> what is wrong? What is wrong with these guys and gals? In I don't know. Party? What is I, wrong? I wish I could tell you, but they better they better smarten up soon uh, uh, because the, the the divisiveness, the stupidity of this separate uh, caucus that is is talking about vaccine issues and and they don't realize the uh, damage they're doing to the party um you know aaron aaron o'toole i know aaron and i like aaron but he has really got to step up to the plate big time and and show some courage because we have a government right now and the ndp are going to go right along with them that are hurting this country badly we need a we desperately need an opposition so time to step up to the plate aaron yeah, and I mean, I'm probably going to cost me any interviews with him going forward, but his office occasionally contacts me about interviews, and then somehow it takes forever to get an answer, and they want certain things talked about, and I say that's not, I mean, I'll talk about that, but I'm not going to talk only about that, and then the interviews just increasingly aren't happening, so... That's okay. I mean, we don't need uh, we don't need a political party leader to, to make the show work, but it really is a bit of a gong show. The Conservative Party of Canada right now is a bit of a gong show. Absolutely. And would I dare say this, Roy, uh, Aaron O'Toole, you might be the tool of the day. Um, there is right. an identity crisis uh, going on in the Conservative Party, and they really, Catherine's so right, they have to put their act together because we do need strong opposition. And there's a lot of key issues as Parliament resumes on November 22nd. So come on, guys. Come on. Uh, Michelle, let me just ask you in the 45 seconds we have left on the segment, what role can a strong opposition party play in, in Parliament? I think an essential role. And But I've never been about opposition for the sake of opposition. I think good ideas come from all parties. I've always believed that. But, uh, you know, I have to agree. Mr. O'Toole, he's... I've never met him, but he seems like a very nice man. But he hasn't shown the leadership qualities that we need at this juncture in this country. Yeah, you can be a nice man and feed the squirrels, but you won't get much done. <laughs> That's right. 
if you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend. 